Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summerow and subscribe to StacySummerow.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I am thrilled you're on the journey with me. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are listening from. I'm so happy you've tuned into this very special episode. At long last, Sister Miriam James Highland is my guest on Called and Caffeinated. We're drinking tea and coffee and chatting about restoring our hearts. Sister Miriam's ministry is so wonderful and beautiful, and I know that a lot of you are huge fans of her, as am I, so I'm so excited. How is your... February going. I guess this will release in February. It probably should. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, lots of good stuff happening. I've had some very beautiful opportunities to go speak truth to people about the Lord's love. And I just have really enjoyed speaking at colleges and high schools and parishes lately. And the Lord's bringing a lot of beautiful opportunities into my life. So I want to thank everyone who has booked me to come and speak. And if you're interested in me coming to speak at your parish, school, university, whatever, um, just reach out through my website, stacysumrow.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes as always. I also want to invite you to quickly consider joining the True North Discernment course. It's the course that I wish was around when I was making many of my big life choices. And I'm glad it's around now. I'm glad I wrote it for many of my future life choices. So you all know that discernment is not a one-time decision about your vocation. It's rather a lifelong walk with God. And I like to think of discernment as a skill or a muscle that you kind of build up and exercise over time. So this is really going to help sharpen those discernment skills from the big picture questions of what do I want and what am I even doing with my life and what does God want and what does God's voice sound like all the way down to I have to make a decision tomorrow and I need five quick tools that that are going to help me make that decision immediately so big picture and kind of minute spur-of-the-moment decisions, everything is included in this five-module self-paced course, and you also get personalized coaching from me as well. So I will drop a link in the show notes at stacysummerow.com to go check out the True North Disturbing course, open for a limited time only, and I hope that you will consider joining me for that. Also, before we jump into the episode, I want to thank Catholic Match for sponsoring this episode. It's the world's largest online Catholic dating platform. And I know that online dating can be overwhelming because I did it myself when I was meeting my husband. Um, And Catholic Match is really with you all the way so that you can help set healthy boundaries and really involve the Holy Spirit in this adventure. So when you sign up for a Catholic Match, they also ask you uh, about the pillars of the Catholic faith and they ask if you believe in them. So in my own journey, I just decided I was going to set a boundary for myself. I wasn't going to go on a date with a man who answered no to any of those pillars of faith questions because I just knew I wanted to marry someone who would believe in all the tenets of our faith as I do. So that's another boundary, an example of a boundary that I set that was really helpful for me to help kind of sort through all of the many possibilities on the site and kind of maintain my peace of mind while I did so. So there's lots of great guidance and great advice on the Catholic Match blog, which you get when you join as a member and also on Instagram at Catholic Match. So additionally, I'm teaming up with Catholic Match to give away free six-month subscriptions, which is really exciting. So to enter the drawing, you just sign up with your free profile before March 15th and make sure you use my unique link so that you'll be automatically entered. I encourage you to be brave, step out, pray to the Holy Spirit, and just see who he brings into your life. And without further ado, 
Let's hop into the episode with Sister Miriam James Highland. Sister Miriam James, it is such a pleasure to have you on Called and Caffeinated. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm delighted to be here with you. You've been on my hit list for a very long time. So <laughs> That's not a bad thing. I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you have such a beautiful podcast. I just absolutely love abiding together. And it was a pleasure for me to collaborate with you, um, all three of you ladies, for the Be Not Afraid conference back in 2020. That was yes. so special. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. And it was right at the pandemic, the height of everything that was going on. And yes. oh my goodness, we had no idea that was what was about to, you know, unfold before us. So that was a lovely gift to be with y'all. Yeah. And I'll be sure to link in the show notes to the playlist of all of the talks from that conference, because oh. it was a very, it was a unique time in history. It was uh, March yes. 20th was when it launched. And that was right at the very beginning of the pandemic, March 20, March 20th, 2020. So I'll link to where they can see your, your talk because it was just so beautiful. So um, what are you drinking today? I know we chatted off air. <laughs> we did. Well, right now I do well, at our Biting Together podcast, we talk about, you know, how much we love coffee, which we all do. But I, it is the middle of the day and I'm old and I can't keep drinking coffee. So I just have some herbal tea, which I'm quite happy with. I just finished a kefir drink. One of my oh. friends makes all natural kefir, which is so, so good for your tummy. So I just finished yeah. that and then have some hot tea. Yeah. yeah. Is, is kefir uh, fermented? It's a fermented drink. Yeah. You can do it with okay. dairy. You can do it with like black tea. Hers is like a dairy. So it's like a yogurt mm. drink, but it has no sugar in it. And uh, wow. yeah, it's really, it's really nice. It does, it, it does keep you healthy. So it's a great gift. That's awesome. My mom has gotten very much into that. And so she does the kombucha and kefir oh, yeah. and so forth, but I haven't gotten into it myself. I think once my kids are a little older, I'm going <laughs> to start. <laughs> yeah, you could. I'm in the thick of it right now. But uh, sure. yeah, no, that's perfect. Tea is great. I'm drinking decaf coffee myself because uh, yeah, it's yeah. the afternoon. So I wanted a little pick me up, but not that much. <laughs> yes, I hear you. I yeah. Hear you. Yeah. So sister, what calls have you received from God in your life so far? And what has receiving those calls looked and felt like for you? Well, I... The Lord, I think the Lord calls us every day. I mean, obviously I've had some monumental calls to um, to my baptism, right? To confirmation, uh, to a religious life, obviously to be become the bride of Christ. And, but I really believe that the Lord, people often ask me, you know, how can I, how can I be a better priest or sister or wife or mom or coworker? And I, I really do. And I say this without any platitudinal, like, sentiment behind it. I really mean it. I really believe the best gift that we can give our families, our spouses, our, our coworkers, the church, the world, the best gift we can give them is to allow Jesus to come and heal us every single day. Mm. So I, my heart is that I am listening and op being open to and saying yes to the call of God every day on my life throughout the day. Cause that, that's, that's the path of, of true love. That's the path of true restoration and wholeness and communion. So and that, and that's the path that we're on. Yeah. I love it. I know that to so many of my listeners and viewers, you are such a special person. And I know that people are like, they just love your ministry. And I don't know if you've covered this much on the podcast, your podcast, but did you hear a voice from God, like telling you to enter with your order or was, how did that, that call look for you for religious I, life? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I, I'm really sitting here today chatting with you, uh, bec- not because I'm awesome, but because um, some people in my life loved me, which is I, why I believe in the power of authentic love. I'm, I'm here today because I'm still alive because of it. And obviously my mom and dad, my mom and I, my mom especially had a very profound role to play in, in um, my life and way, the way she prayed and interceded for me. But really the, the person who radically interrupted my entire life was a Catholic priest. And it is why, aside from Jesus Christ, the healing and restoration of the priest it is the deepest love of my life. And I would spend the rest of my days working with priests um, because their yes changes the course of, of history. Their yes changes everything. And God brought a priest into my life when I was in um, college that radically interrupted everything in my life and it redirected the entire course of my life. And so that, that truth of um, seeing how, seeing a man who loved God, I had never met anybody who was so in love with Jesus Christ, like just, and he was not perfect. And he certainly had his own story. And, but that man loved Christ and it was so palpable. It couldn't be denied. And I remember standing in front of him one day and he, he was this big, like six foot two priest from India and just very imposing presence and very charismatic and, and just very, um, like would walk into a room and just with presence would fill the room. And I just remember standing in front of him and, you know, I was 21 years old by that time and, you know, an addict and I just want to work for ESPN. I had all these kind of ideas for my life and it was just still just so broken. And I just remember looking at him one day and just, he was radiant. He was radiant with the love of Christ. And I just looked at him and I was like, father, I don't know what you've got. Like, I don't know what that is, but I want that. Like, whatever that is, I want that. And he looked at me and he'd known me a long time by then. And he looked at me and he said, you come and see. Like you come and see. And so that was the invitation for me after I graduated from college to come down to one of our missions in New Mexico. And uh, it was shortly thereafter that I heard Jesus call me. I had a distinct moment in my life where I heard God call me. And um, I said, yes. And that was what 23 years ago, almost 24 years ago. My gosh, that's so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. Cause I think a lot of times um, people look up to other people and they just don't realize quite the depths of brokenness that we all have. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that has been on my heart lately is just that God can take that brokenness and that the, the depths of your brokenness can become the very heights of your sanctity and the way that he glorifies make, makes himself known through you, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, it, I think it's, it's really easy to fall prey to like, well, you, you're a nun, you've always been holy. Like you've always been like, perfect. <laughs> um, and it's so good to just, I don't know, your vulnerability is so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, we're here to talk about your book, Restore, which I have. I hope oh, it's yeah. showing up on screen. What a beautiful book. Um, my, my friend is crying her way through it in a very <laughs> beautiful way. And she's a big fan of yours. Hey, Regina. <laughs> um, and so this is just all about using the season of Lent through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving to restore your heart, basically. And it seems to me that everything in your ministry is very heart-centered. It's very, very much about healing your heart. And, um, mm-hmm. and so the first thing that's essential, um, and you go into this in the book, is wholehearted prayer. And you have this beautiful quote from St. Therese. Let me just see if I can see it, find it. Oh, there it is, right there. For me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It's a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy, which I think is beautiful. So how is it possible (laughs) to get that wholehearted prayer? Because I think a lot of times, I know I used to pray a lot, God, I'll do whatever you want. You know, just tell me what you want. But that is actually a bit of a flippant prayer. It's not really wholehearted because Mm -hmm. 
if God asked me for something that I thought was too hard, I would have talked it away. I would have said, no, no, that, that was just my imagination. So what does that like wholehearted prayer really look like? Sure. Well, those are some great questions, Stacey. And I think we have to talk about when we talk about the heart, we have to understand what we're talking about. And when we speak about the heart, you know, Jesus just in the gospel today, um, in the mass today, we're recording this ahead of time, but we hear Jesus say it's from the fullness of the heart. This is where everything comes from. It's not what you put into your body. It's what comes out of your heart. And he says things like wherever your treasure is or your heart will be, or from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks, or, you know, the Proverbs guard your heart. And so when we talk about the heart, we're not talking about like the passing sentiment that you see on Instagram. That's like the news, like, Oh, just follow your heart, you know, which is usually really bad advice. Yeah. If it's not tethered to your intellect and your will. So we're talking about the hidden center, the core of, of who we are. And I believe it's catechism 2563 that says the heart is our hidden center. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's the place of, it's the meeting place. It's the place of covenant. This is the, it's that only the spirit of God can fathom the human heart. It, it's so deep within us. It's the core of, of who we are. And it's where we, what we decide here and how we live our life here that everything else will flow from. It's also the most, and I talk about in the book that this is a dangerous journey. It's the most dangerous journey that you'll ever make because if we truly make a journey of the heart with Christ, like like this, you know, we see that radiated in other relationships that we have, but the primary relationship is Christ. If we allow that to happen, it will lay waste to our idols. It will lay waste to our self-defense mechanisms, to the place where we're we're lying to ourselves, we're lying to other people, all the places where we're so afraid to be seen. The Lord in his gentle love comes to open these places. So we live as Jesus lives. Jesus lives naked and vulnerable and dependent on his father. And he is inviting us into that same life. And so when we talk about wholehearted prayer, we're talking about the core, This we're talking about living the life of Christ and mm. Jesus comes into our hearts not to fix us. Healing is not fixing. And it's not me trying to figure it out and make myself lovable enough so that you'll actually like me. It's healing is being brought into wholeness and communion. And that looks different in different ways in our life. But the Lord desires nothing more than communion. That He doesn't desire anything else. He desires to bring us into his own blessed life, his own beautiful life. And that, that's, that is Christianity. There's nothing other than that. that. That is Christianity. It is the life of Jesus Christ. Yes. I love all of that so much. And when you compared the, uh, it's the sort of Instagram follow your heart to this kind of wholehearted prayer, um, it made me realize that the Instagram follow your heart thing is kind of like, you should already know, like the answer is within you and you'll know it immediately. Whereas Mm -hmm. this wholehearted prayer actually uh, takes work. (laughs) I think it takes work a lot of times because it has to be built on trust and you're not going to lay lay your heart bare to someone that you barely know. So maybe that's just a a little quick word of encouragement to anyone who is trying to pray wholeheartedly, but is struggling. Um, It comes down to trust so much. Um, And going along with that, and this is skipping around on our questions a little bit, but like digging through those layers to get to that, that core of, of what needs to be healed. um, There's something that you, you quoted uh, Dr. Bob Schutz and he wrote something beautiful. He said, every disordered desire is an unmet need and an unhealed wound, mm-hmm. which is um, a beautiful place to start. So um, Satan, you know, he's acting like a sniper. You also use that analogy. And he's trying to hurt you where he can do the most damage. Mm-hmm. So as we're kind of um, digging through these layers and we're working towards that wholehearted prayer and that communion and that relationship with the Lord, how do we kind of begin to understand where we have an unmet need and an unhealed wound? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the the entire journey that we're on is actually led by the Lord. Mm. 
And that's the beautiful truth of this is not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with C.S. Lewis and his The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, where yeah. one of the characters in the Chronicles of Narnia, he's Eustace, he turns into a dragon and he begins to scratch himself. And I use this analogy a lot because it's perfect. And he's this ugly dragon and he's taking his hideous claws and he's scratching at himself, trying to get off his ugly dragon skin. And he hates himself. He's ashamed. And I think a lot of us think that's what healing is or this journey is. If I just get my ugly dragon claws and I scratch enough of my ugly dragon skin, then somehow I'll get it off and then I'll be lovable again. And, yeah. and what, you know, C.S. Lewis so beautifully in his, his children's book, right, has is, is the lion Aslan actually approaches Eustace and he looks at him and he says, you're going to have to let me undress you. Like you're going to have to let me do this. So I just to give everybody listening right now, just to relieve you of the pressure, this is, you don't have to figure this out that God will open our hearts. He's going to lead us. And actually he's already knows exactly where we, we need to go. And all we need to do is be, be open to him. And so when we talk about like this journey of light or this journey of, of Christianity, of restoration of, you know, to restore means to bring back. It means to bring back to its original condition, or in our case, is even better. It's not just Adam and Eve in the garden. It's Christ in the garden. It's the gardener. It's the eternal marriage. And so, right, when we talk about disordered desires, Bob says right behind every disordered desire is the first thing is a good and holy desire. So that's going to help us understand like whether your desire is Instagram, whether it's chronic anger or control or manipulation or lust or whatever that is, all of us have a variety of things we go to to save us other than God. And if we can understand right underneath that, underneath my disordered desire, whatever it is, what am I really looking for? And that can even be really shame inducing because, but you'll find even in the deepest depravity, there's a ray of some sort of goodness because we're made in the image and likeness of God. So we're looking, it might be in a very distorted way, but we're looking for something good. And it's through that trail that we'll find the rest mm -hmm. of what's happening in our hearts. But that's very important because we don't, nothing is arbitrary or random in our life. Nothing. Mm -hmm. It all makes yes. sense. So everything we go to, everything we don't go to, what we say, what we don't say, how we spend our time, how we spend our money, it's all actually very strategic. So it, it makes sense. When you remember that nothing is random, that's huge. And it also is a, a gateway to being understanding for yourself. Yeah. Like, it's not like I'm doing this because I am horrible and bad. This exactly. is a, a bad thing that I am doing, but it's because I actually want something good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. And I mean, understanding, because when Jesus, there's a wonderful quote from St. Julian of Norwich, and she says that when God sees our sin, he sees our pain. Mm. And so we often see our sin and we see self-hatred, we see self-rejection, we see contempt, we see hatred, we see, but Jesus, when he looks at us, he doesn't see that. He sees our sin and he also sees why we're doing it. And he would love to sit with us in those places and reveal to us the pain that's driving that, the, the, the self, whatever that is. He would just love to sit there and reveal that to us so he can bring us into wholeness and communion. And, and for most of us, usually when we commit a sin or a fault, you know, our first, our first reaction is shame and we go down the shame cycle. And then somehow we think we can shame ourselves into a conversion, but nobody's ever shamed into a conversion. We're loved into one, you know, and we've all done that. We've all tried to do that with other people too. We've all criticized that we've all done that and we've yeah. all had it done to us and it just never works. And Jesus does not do that. He invites and he, um, he loves us in a conversion. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's so true. And yeah, I have so many, yeah. So much yes is <laughs> all I have to say about yeah, that. Yeah, we all know that, yep. Yeah, yeah, and especially in the world that we live in, it, uh, things are becoming so divisive. And it, with screens, it just becomes so easy to just 
attack people rather than to actually seek that quiet voice. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, there you touched on something which I think is so crucial, and it's probably you're the first person who's really expressed it this way about um, covenantal love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And specifically, let's see. um, Oh, I had a I worded my question in a way that I actually really there we go. Um, that I really wanted to make sure I got properly. So we have to go into the desert with the Lord, right? And that is where he's going to heal us, bring us into communion. And you describe vulnerability as really putting our weight on someone Mm -hmm. and releasing the need to control. And those Mm -hmm. words, I think there's so much in there to ponder. And it's made possible by a covenantal love. So can you just Mm -hmm. explain that covenantal love? It's it's foundational, it's basic, but yeah, you explained it so beautifully in the book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was something that really the Lord has pressed upon my heart in my own journey of healing. I mean, for me, it's been over 17 years, a 17-year, very serious journey of sobriety, of of restoration, of understanding my own story in the Lord. And the thing that I kept coming back to was the truth of, of covenant, which I think we take so lightly. And, you know, when Jesus, when we're invited into the covenant of baptism, covenant is a, an exchange of people. A covenant says, I am yours and you are mine forever, not until you displease me or until you're inconvenient or until you're not giving me what I want. Like the covenant that God makes with us is forever. He gives us everything, even when we don't respond. Like he's not, mm-hmm. he's so loving. And that is literally imprinted upon our soul in baptism. We are forever changed. And what covenant does, and you see it also in the icon of marriage in a very beautiful way, is covenant gives permission for everything to be seen because we will always be loved. And that don't we all, and like, you know, even in our relationships, I'm sure your marriage and just like, you know, we talk about how trust is built over time and there's certain things that don't feel safe, even to share probably with your deepest friends or you want to say it, but you're not really sure how they're going to react. And so trust or how, you know, so trust has to be built over time. And what the Lord does is he, he's, that's what sacred scripture is. It's like him saying, you can trust me. I am who I say I am. You can put your weight upon me. You can put your weight upon me. You can be naked here. I'm not going to shame you. We've all had experiences in our life where somebody saw our weakness and they shamed us for it, or they were harsh or unkind or told us just to get over it or get ourselves together. And the Lord doesn't do that. He, He sees us and he calls us into to his own heart. And so that I can't tell you throughout my day, I go back to that truth of, I am held unceasingly in the arms of perfect love that God loves me. And no matter what I'm facing right now, that's uncomfortable or a rejection or a struggle or a sin that I'm facing right now in my life. I go back to Lord, like, Lord, you love me. That means I'm safe. And if I'm safe, then we can face anything together. Right. Cause that's true. Yes. And over time, my, my, my trust of the Lord grows over time, just like any relationship grows. And he's the one who's ultimately trustworthy. So he's inviting us into the, the truth of who he is and the truth of who we are as well. And then we relate to other people more and more from that place of love and truth versus my own self-defense mechanisms and my own fear. You're going to hurt me. So I have to hurt you first. Otherwise, you, you know what I'm saying? Like the things that yes. we do. Yeah. I know the games we play, right? Yeah. 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 Cause our hearts are broken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was, when I was discerning religious life, um, so much of what you say about that covenantal love really started um, 
the Lord started speaking to me in that way when I was discerning religious life because I really didn't want to be a nun. And mm -hmm. I realized that if I was going to actually do this, <laughs> that uh, it had to be, you know, I, I was working out a lot of things with the Lord because I'm like, I feel like you want me to do this, but I don't want to do it. And there was this whole like oh, okay. tension going on. And he gave me the most beautiful just vision. Um, and I'd never had a vision in my life before, but mm -hmm. I was... Um, I was praying in our holy hour uh, one morning, and I had just received communion, and I had been given this prayer of surrender by a priest. And it was, it was like a litany. You hand over everything one after the other. Mm. Um, my heart, my mind, my memory, my imagination. And the beautiful thing about this prayer is that it really showed you what you were holding back. And I, oh. I think for me, that was my first wholehearted prayer, because mm. I recognized that if I was resisting handing something over that was the thing that most needed to be handed over mm -hmm. and you know the lord just he gave me this beautiful vision and it was he appeared to me and he was handing me his heart mm -hmm. and um he said please take my heart and i did mm -hmm. and i was like you know first of all like wow <laughs> this is real this isn't just a, th a thing that we think about or like we imagine but this is real and then uh, i said what do i do with it and he said take yours out and put my heart where yours used to be Oh, wow. And so I could like take my heart out and I put his heart where mine used to be. And then I looked at my heart and it was like gray and shriveled and just like pretty mm -hmm. pathetic. And I said, what do I do with this? And he said, may I have it, please? Oh. And I was like this. I realize whatever I have to surrender is so much less than what I'm receiving when mm -hmm. I surrender everything. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, I was very ashamed that that was all I had to give him. But I could also tell that it was... Mm -hmm everything that he wanted that was it mm. and so I gave him my heart and he put my heart where his used to be and to me that is the essence of covenant of belonging like yeah. that exchange of hearts and so reading your book I just thought oh that is so beautiful to explain it that way that even in the Bible this is what the Lord is saying to the Israelites thousands and thousands of years ago this mm -hmm. is not new. And you see mm -hmm. over and over again the Lord's faithfulness to the covenant, mm -hmm. even when they aren't faithful. Yeah, And that to me is just the most healing, beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so I hope, yeah. that, I hope that image helps anyone who's like struggling to understand it a little bit in their own life. Um, yeah, I'm a very visual learner, so I think the Lord works with me the way that I need to be <laughs> working. Yes, He does. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And and that's stunningly beautiful, Stacey. And isn't mm -hmm. that what I know Dietrich von Hildebrand says in his essay on the heart? He says, when we love somebody, we want their heart. Like you, you can tell them about your day and kind of like the minimal things. But if and if you can share everything about your heart, we still like we feel don't like we're in community with the enough. person. Like when we love somebody, we, we want to receive their heart. And I... Yes. And isn't, we feel like you said so beautifully, like it's a pitiful offering, but the Lord's like, I, I just want to receive your heart I, and I yeah. want to give you mine. Like I, and that's, that's all he wants. It's so beautiful. And we give him that over and over and over again, don't we? And we grow in our gift yes. of that and our receptivity. Yes. But goodness, that's so lovely. Mm. What a lovely, what a lovely vision. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The Lord has been so good to me. And I think he gave that to me to, to, for me, first and foremost, but also to yeah. share. So I love sharing that story because I think it makes visible something that is like just kind of squishy and not quite, it's hard to, hard to understand sure. <laughs> conceptually, yeah. but that's beautiful. I haven't read Dietrich von Hildebrand's essay, but I mm, will for sure. Very good. Mm -hmm. I'll see if I can link to it in the show notes yeah. and I will read mm -hmm. it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and going along with this whole theme of healing, um, 
there was, oh, use this beautiful analogy. If you could just explain that our, like the analogy of our heart as a diamond with many facets. Yeah. And how does that play into our healing process? Because I thought that was so good to help people understand that it may not happen all at once and it mm-hmm. may not, it's piecemeal, little bit by little bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'll let you, mm-hmm. I'll let you explain that. Yeah, I know, I know many people liken it to that, but for me, that feel, it seems like an image that works well because when you look at a diamond, it's like the diamond on your finger, you know, the diamond mm-hmm. it sparkles in the light when it has all these facets on it. And the more facets that it has, the more it refracts the light. And so our heart is just like that. Our heart has many facets to it. And we are, we are usually never all or nothing. We're, we're a mixture of things and it's the mixture of things that I think can be kind of hard for us at times. Like we see beauty and we see sorrow, we see belief and we see unbelief. And, and, but what we don't understand is the Lord is he's Lord of all of our heart and he wants to visit every place of it. And so many times what he's doing, because healing uh, there's a great there's a great meme on the social media that says like you know and they use healing or they look they use all these different things but like healing we wish it was linear but it's more it's more like this and it's <laughs> yeah. circular and Jesus loves us he loves us so much he's going to come to every part of our heart mm-hmm. over and over and over again as often as he needs to mm-hmm. to bring us into communion with him there and and it's never exactly quite the same so we all have places in our heart myself included where the Lord will bring up something again and we're like oh, Lord this again really and we think somehow it means I failed or it means I wasn't healed. It doesn't mean any of that. Mm-hmm. It just means that Jesus loves me so much. He wants to bring her, bring me deeper freedom and communion to this place. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, and it's a new place. It's never quite the same. It might feel the same to me, but it's not. And so the Lord's always about that work in our life and he's not in a hurry. Yeah. He's not disappointed in us. He's not contemptuous of us. He sits by our charcoal fires, right? And he brings us into communion in all those places to bring us home to him. And he's just so lovely and so gracious. Like I, you know, he is so incredibly beautiful, Mm -hmm. just so wonderful. Like Mm -hmm. he said, like, how can we resist him? He's so lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I just love that. Um, So another little image that happened in my life that just seems to relate to that is, um, my regular listeners know that I am on a healing journey and your book has been so beautiful and instrumental in that. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter was, um, she was almost dead when she was born. She was born prematurely. Oh. She almost died several times. Mm-hmm. She had five surgeries last year. She spent 126 days in the NICU. And I know oh every, I, I'll never forget 126, like that exact number, because each of those days was the hardest of my life. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, our hearts are, are lonely and we want to be understood. And one yes. thing that I've really been struggling with lately is that no one, it, it, no one's going to understand every one of those 126 mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. or everything that came after as we tried to settle into our life again. I mm-hmm. tried to pick up the pieces and I'm carrying now for my special needs baby who, thank the Lord, survived and is home. But there's still so much struggle and um, just, I, I think it kind of, bowls me over that I want validation from people. I need that hurt to be validated because every one of those days was so hard. And um, it, like you were saying, it happens piece by piece. And so it's like, I'll be fine for a week. And then suddenly I'm hit with a memory or even I'll be hit with something that's really like not just not a good side of myself like um i was praying for this uh, priest who was undergoing a surgery mm-hmm. and i'm praying for him and then suddenly i was hit by this like flash of anger and it came out of the blue and it was like 
Oh, well, thank goodness when he woke up from surgery, he didn't have to worry about his newborn child and the life of his newborn child. And thank goodness everybody's going to be focusing on him and his healing instead of him getting cast aside and all of his health needs being secondary to the needs of his baby. And I was like, wow, where did that come from, first of all? But I think I've come far enough in my journey to know that, fortunately, I knew right away. I was like, okay, this is not that I desire I'm not truly jealous of him. I'm not truly, I don't wish him ill at all. It's more that I have an unmet need. Oh, yeah. And my Mm -hmm. need, I didn't even realize, was I need validation. My heart is so lonely. So I've just been bringing that to the Lord. And then I have this beautiful sacred heart that my my friend made for me. And I use it um, to pray as an image for prayer many times. And I was just walking by it. And I just one day felt so lonely. And I was like, Lord, why did you give me all of this suffering that no one is ever going to understand? And he kind of just spoke to me right there. And he was like, I gave you this suffering so that you would understand me better. Mm. And that was like such a revelatory moment because it's not all in vain. It always comes back to that relationship with him yeah. where we, we under, I understand his heart better. I understand his loneliness on the cross and his suffering better. Mm-hmm. I never will fully, but I think that understand that realization that he suffered it all first, and he understands everything that I've been through, and I can understand him a little better now. Is that was? I mean, he always picks the best words, right? Like I could never have come up with those words myself. I could never have like reasoned my way into that. That was mm-hmm. totally God just dropping into my heart and just saying. I'm going to heal you from so many things in one second. And then I'm sure next week I'm going to find another facet that, <laughs> that needs to be healed, another memory that's going to need to be resolved. But it's a beautiful journey. It's, it, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what's so lovely is I think I'm realizing healing sounds so scary, and it is because we have to go there, but it's actually those wounds aren't revealed in order to be exacerbated. They're revealed in order to be um, made sense of and brought into communion, like you said. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yes. Oh, so you yeah. see, yeah, those are those are beautiful and tender places, isn't it? And I, yeah. you know, like we were talking about how when we love somebody, we want their heart. And I think yes. also when we love somebody, we want to be able to share everything with them. And I just Absolutely. think of of who who does Jesus have in his life that he can share his whole life with? It's very few. Like, yes, and. Yes. Precious it is indeed when he shares those things with us and unites our hearts, like unites us to him and him to us. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, those are, those are the precious jewels, I really believe, even in the suffering. They're the precious jewels because there's communion there. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm reading St. Faustina's diary. Uh, oh, how lovely. Oh, you've read it probably, right? Or at least, yes. yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. she always talks about how Jesus like comes to her and is like, I'm going to share this suffering with you because you're my spouse. And he'll often say like, I can't share this with many other people. Yeah. And I think that mm-hmm. dignifies the suffering. Um, you know, if you, if you don't have a relationship with him, you probably, it probably sounds like, oh, that's, why would you want that relationship? <laughs> but if you are in love with him, then to share in his life is, is in it, all of its fullness is, is so precious. So. Amen. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk for a quick minute about, um, fasting everyone's Mm -hmm. favorite Mm -hmm. (laughs) and thank you for writing a book that just totally transforms like our least favorite things right like healing fasting you know and transforms them to help us realize like you don't need to be afraid of this this Mm -hmm. isn't something to run from and in fact here's such a great quote um you wrote to fast so that you can feast on something else 
Mm -hmm. So what are we really doing in Lent? You know, we, we do our, our Catholic diet, (laughs) but it's not really supposed to be that. So uh, maybe you can shed some more light on that within the framework of healing. Sure. Yeah. Well, the entire book Restore is set up um, around the traditional disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And I didn't know this. Maybe you knew this growing up. I didn't know this, that they're actually given to us. They're a Jewish tradition. We see that in the Old Testament, there's prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Mm. It's a tradition that we've taken upon and a discipline we've taken upon, but it actually is ordered toward healing. So, as Adam and Eve in the garden are ruptured by sin, like the original sin is a rupture of relationship, right? So, in that rupture, Adam and Eve are wounded. So, in that rupture, they're wounded in their relationship with God. They're wounded in their relationships within themselves and they're ruined in their relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. And so, what prayer fasting and almsgiving do, they actually have a direct healing component to bring us back into communion there. So, that's why the first, we talk about prayer, like it starts with prayer because prayer heals our relationship with God, not on His end. He doesn't need it, but on our end, it heals our relationship with God. Fasting heals our relationship within ourselves because we all can utter the words of St. Paul that says, you know, I don't do what I want to do and what I want to do, I don't do. And I don't know what to do. We're like, amen, brother. Like we all know that, you know, yes. and almsgiving yes. heals our relationships with others. So fasting isn't just to fast. And it's not like a, you know, so, so, you know, all of us, sometimes we kind of take on like disciplines, like okay, I'm going to give up Cheetos or whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah. fine. If you're addicted to Cheetos, that's great. But if that's where it stops, then we're missing a point because what fasting does is fasting orders our loves. It orders our loves and whatever we're fasting from, it's a suffering that and it's a momentary suffering, but what it does is it reveals the deeper desires of our hearts. Yeah. It reveals what we're truly aching for. It reveals our idols. It reveals all kinds of things in us. And so what that does is when we bring all of that to the Lord, not, not white knuckle it, which is hard because we just want to white knuckle it. But when we actually encounter the longing, like if you give up Instagram or you give up this, or you give up gossiping, whatever that is, like whatever your thing is, you give that up. And you, when you're tempted to do that, you take that ache to the Lord. Oh my gosh. You're going to start finding out some things about yourself, which the Lord would love to speak to so he can order our loves. So, so, because when our loves are ordered, the more ordered they are, the more we can give the gift of ourselves. And that's how healing takes place. And, I talk about in the book, there's a very famous saying in healing circles that suffering that is not transformed is transmitted. And so no matter what has happened in our life, my dear friends, if we do not allow Jesus to come and transform that, we will, it doesn't just go away. We will actually transmit it onto everybody else around us. And so fasting is something that helps reveal, it orders our loves and it helps integrate us. So then we can give the gift of ourselves. So it's for Mm. a purpose. And so when we fast from something, so if you're fasting from social media, this Lent feast on the word of God. Like feast on the good news. Like if you're fasting, I mean, if you you struggle with gossip and you ask the Lord to reveal to you what's the communion you're aching for in that. Like what's what's really happening in your life? Like whatever it is, whether it's your favorite food. Okay, Lord, what am, what am I really hungering for? I'm going to feast mm-hmm. on being present to my kids this Lent. So you know, I, whatever that you know, just and make it yes. a concerted thing. Write it down and make it a concerted thing, and just notice what happens in your heart. It just mm-hmm. it's a beautiful journey. Yeah, I love that so much because that's the missing component of all the fasting I've ever done, I think, in my life. (laughs) I also received, uh, oh, it's so beautiful, the Lenten cookbook. 
um, oh, which cool. is written by Dr. Scott Hahn. At, wrote oh. Essays by Dr. Scott Hahn. He's not the chef, but David Geyser is. <laughs> okay, I was going to be like, I didn't know he cooked. Oh, yeah, maybe. Right? He does everything else. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then David, David Geyser, who's the, uh, the author of the Vatican Cookbook. Oh, cool. Such a beautiful book as well. But Dr. Um, Dr. Hahn has this great quote as well in the beginning of the Lenten Cookbook, um, which is called, well, first of all, the chapter is called The Joy of Fasting. And I'm like, mm. that's hilarious. Um, second of all, it's, um, what does he say? It's, uh, he's quoting from a book about fasting, and it says something along the lines of, fasting is something that we do, or fasting is only authentic if, if it makes no sense apart from having a relationship with God. For example, like giving up Cheetos, what, you know, if we're doing it for health reasons, do it for health reasons. But mm-hmm. if it's for the Lord, it's completely different. It's not mm-hmm. a Catholic diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I love that so much. So for you, like it, let's say you're giving up this, your thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the moment where it's the ache, the, the hunger, the encounter mm-hmm. with your own weakness. What do you do immediately in that moment? Especially mm-hmm. if you're like busy, do you like, dedicate a, a certain prayer do you decide in advance there's words you're going to say mm-hmm. what do you feast on yeah i i mean my thing is i try to turn to the lord right there and say okay lord what like what's happening in my heart right now like what mm-hmm. is the what are the little um bargains i'm trying to make with you about this that like maybe i could push it yes. you know like all the things i'm trying to do right now so could yes. you just you know help me understand what's going on in my heart and mm-hmm. yeah what what am i really looking for and mm-hmm. also sometimes you know it's really helpful sometimes those things don't even like we can blow through all of those things and still want to indulge. And sometimes it's like when we offer it for somebody else, that can be the thing that keeps us Lord. I really want this right now. And I don't care what it is. I I gave it up, but I know I really want it, but I'm offering it for so-and-so. And And sometimes that can also, it's also become as a form of almsgiving as well. Mm, And so that can be to be helpful as well. But I, whatever it is for us is that I really want to invite all of the readers to go to a deeper level that don't let's not let it remain just at the surface. Like let's go underneath and see what's underneath. So the Lord can grow that into the Mm -hmm. beautiful garden in our hearts. I love it. I, yes, I I specifically asked that question for myself because I'm a mom of three children and the oldest Mm -hmm. is four. So I don't really have like a quiet minute to myself throughout the day. (laughs) So I know that when my, when I give up my thing and I know what I'm going to give up this year, and it's it's going to happen in the context of like, like that longing is going to happen in the context of a lot of talking at me. And I'm not yes. going to be able to take like physical time and space away. So yeah. I think I'm going to come up in advance with a prayer, like a surrender prayer, a, a very, sh- very, very short one in that moment. And I love that because I think I'm probably going to feast on. Yeah, like you said, more attentiveness to my children mm-hmm. and say, I'm really going to indulge in this instead of that. Girl, so, yes, that's great. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. a great one. And that's yeah. true. And that and I love that you're doing that ahead of time because you're anticipating certain struggles. And that's great yeah. because then yeah. we, we know ourselves like Christian, know yourself, Christian, know thyself, you know? Yes. So that's really important for us so that when that happens, we're not like, Oh, it's cause my bad person. You're like, Oh no, it's because I've given this up and it's a big thing. And I, I usually go to it. Yeah. Okay. Lord. Yeah. yeah I'm going to feast on d- whatever that is. And that all yeah. oh, girl. Oh, I would just love to see what Jesus does in your heart. That, I'm know. excited too. I'm scared because I'm, I'm like, I know it's going to be uncomfortable. Of course. Yeah. It, that, but it's exciting when you think about the deeper thing that you're getting at. And it Amen. does reveal, like you said, that wholehearted prayer is uncovering yes. the layers and nothing reveals your deeper, those deeper needs and those, those desires like fasting. 
So then Im- immediately you're like, oh, did I really, why did I give this up? Why did yes. I do this? Isn't that so <laughs> true? And you're like, well, maybe I could try again next week. It's just, we're just so funny. The things we do. Yeah. It's really I know. It, it's so true. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so just as a final question, um, another quote from your book is so beautiful. You wrote, God does not reject the places even mm-hmm. when we reject, sorry, I botched that. God does not reject the places even we reject within ourselves. So yeah. what would you share with anyone who's just kind of afraid to go into the desert? Like this conversation hasn't convinced them yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I would just allow, just ask Jesus to come and be with you. Mm. You know, we, yeah, we're so, we're so afraid of those little parts. We're afraid of the needy parts, the parts that are lonely, like the parts that are sad, the parts that are overwhelming. Um, just that we're so afraid of these parts. And I, mm-hmm. I'm just continually amazed at the, the tenderness and kindness of the Lord. And mm-hmm. like we said, Jesus, he, he has no other motive than to bring us into his own beautiful life. And, mm-hmm. and if we can just go to him and say, Lord, I'm afraid, like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm afraid. Can you, can you just be with me here? And that's, yeah. that's the beautiful thing about Lent is that even Christ doesn't take himself into the, to the desert. He's led by the spirit. So we don't have to take ourselves into the desert. Jesus will do that with us if we allow him to. And he's very respectful. He will only just, he'll take us as far as we wish to go. Like he won't push us. He won't guilt trip us. He won't, you know, coerce us. Mm -hmm. He's so free in his love for us. And he just desires our hearts to be one with him because that's when our hearts are truly alive. Like sin makes us sick. It makes us sick. And he, he's a divine physician and he mm-hmm. would like to bring us into wholeness and in his love. And that's mm-hmm. a beautiful, messy, wonderful journey. That's worth every moment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And the word tenderness there, yeah. I think you had a whole essay on tenderness, which yeah. really what gave me so much to think about. I mean, and it comes from a fear, like a, like a time in our life when we haven't been treated with the tenderness that we needed. Yes. And if we don't look at God and don't even ask Him, then we don't give Him the opportunity to respond with tenderness. Mm-hmm. But when we actually mm-hmm. ask the question, He will respond with tenderness, which is yes. so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I would love to add a final word of encouragement because, um, uh, again, with this healing journey, like sometimes I know sometimes we look at ourselves and we all we can see is our sin, but then sometimes things have happened to us where we're a victim and we didn't actually do anything yeah. wrong and there's mm-hmm. but there's that suffering and that need for healing and so um just want to share a quick moment from my journey um that i was as i mentioned earlier in the interview i was struggling with this this particular moment you know the many faceted diamond one facet yeah. was um a moment when my daughter almost died and the doctors told us to go say goodbye to her and i was struggling because on that anniversary of that day because uh, it was so hard. <laughs> it was just so hard. And I was struggling to find the meaning of it. Why, mm-hmm. did, why, was this, why did this have to happen? Um, and I brought it to the Lord and I, f- I put it in His hands. And He said to me so tenderly, He like showed me myself sitting at the bed of my daughter. And I could see as though it was through His eyes. And He was showing me how he saw me in that moment as I was mm-hmm. saying goodbye to my daughter. And um, it was, I, I had been perceiving the moment with such sadness and just horrendous fear. And he was looking at me with like compassion and, and being in awe of the strength that it took to do what I did. 
And um, yeah, and it was so beautiful. My love was the most powerful thing in the room in that moment. And um, he said to me, you remind me so much of my mother. Oh, goodness. And, yeah, and he showed me Mary's heart, which of course is pierced with seven swords. And, yeah. um, and then he showed me my heart, which was also pierced with a sword. And he took the sword out and he gave it to me. And he was like, this is your strength. This mm. is your weapon against the devil. Um, mm. And so I think I'm coming to a new understanding and uncovering a little bit more every day about how our wounds and our, uh, the things that have happened to us that we struggle with can be transformed into truly God's greatest manifestations of His glory. Um, I know a lot of people have written to me and told me that my journey has been inspiring to them. And I'm thinking, are you crazy? Like, this is the weakest time of my life. I am like lower than low. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the Lord could see something that I couldn't see. Um, mm-hmm. the strength that it took to do what I did. And, and I think for anyone who has struggled through traumatic moments, you know, hopefully that speaks to them a little bit, that, that sword in your heart, God can take it right out and give it to you. And that's your, that's your weapon against the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, goodness. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And that's so true on every level, Stacey. Yeah. So true. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Wow. Sister, Sister Miriam, thank you for sharing. I mean, you just have such wisdom and depth and you're able to speak to people's hearts. So thank you for your ministry and you, all three Abiding Together podcast ladies and all of your speaking, my goodness, you're transforming hearts and lives. Um, I'll be sure to link to the Abiding Together podcast as well in the show notes because I'm just mm-hmm. a big fan of y'all. And oh, then I'll also link to the book, of course. And uh, is there anything else that you want to share anywhere that you'd like people to find you? Uh, well, just thank you for your kind words. Yeah, thanks be to God. And that's our heart. Right? I mean, my own heart and then heart, the heart of Heather and Michelle as well. And our podcast yeah. so just we want to bless people. And yeah. if any of your listeners want to come along with us, we're going to actually do restore for our Lenten book this year. <gasps> so we'll have a weekly just walking through the book. So if we can, you know, jump on, you can listen, you can buy the book if you want and listen with us and maybe have a study group or join our um private Facebook page, but we're going to every week for Lent be going through one of the chapters of the book. So people can come along with us and we'll all be doing it together. So I yeah, am we'd love there. To have you there. Yeah. We'd love I to am there. You. That sounds amazing. All my friends are going to jump on. <laughs> the second I welcome. tell them, they're yeah, such they, big fans. They are most welcome. Yeah. We, yes. our life is meant to be lived in community and communion. So yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen, sister. Well, thank you so much. I, I'm just, I'm so excited to put this out in the world. I, thank you. I think it's going to help a lot of people and especially in our wounded world, you know, let's mm-hmm. go, let's get out there on YouTube and hopefully I'm praying that this interview will come to anyone who needs it, you know? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. God bless you and just may he bless you abundantly and thank you again. God bless you too, Stacey. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. I want to invite you to come to stacysummerow.com and subscribe for free. And when you do, you will receive a packet called How to Make the Right Choice, which will help with all of your discernment decisions. I don't know if you can hear my daughter, Nora, in the background, but she is doing great. She's my little miracle baby preemie, and uh, she's just doing great playing with her toes on the floor here. Um, but thank you again so much for, for listening. And I do encourage you to check out the True North Discernment course uh, in free moment. That's at stacysummerow.com. And I look forward to having coffee with you soon. So please stay caffeinated because God is calling you to greatness, my friends. Take care and I'll talk to you soon.